1: To the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rosudo. Now I want to move to the Texans and Ravens. J.K. Dobbins. Achilles injury for J.K. Yeah. Dobbins.
0: Can we have this a moment really, of silence really this? I think we need that.
1: This really, really sucks for J.K. Dobbins, man. Like the dude was in for such a big year. Um, you know, he had eighty percent of snaps in the first half. Yeah. 80%, okay, he was turning into a legit bell cow on what is going to be a good offense, okay? This isn't good for his career at all, okay? Brutal ACL, and now one of the most brutal injuries that a football player can sustain, you know, wish the best for the guy, but, like, this is this is not good for his career, man. Look at no. Kenny Makers was supposed to be the guy that come back from it, and then Kyron Williams is taking over that backfield right now.
0: Not great. Not great. I could talk forever about that.
1: (laughs) I, you know, it really sucks, man. It really sucks. And I know that a lot of people, you know, drafted JK Dobbins because I was so high on him. But it's just like, what can you do, man? You know, this is not a situation where you're just like, oh, like this guy gets hurt all the time. So, of course, he got hurt again. No, He, he tore his Achilles. Okay. This is not a knee injury. This is a freak injury. The dude is just straight-up unlucky. And it sucks, man. It sucks for him. And, you know, it sucks for everyone who drafted him, too. But it definitely sucks more for him. That's for sure. Um, Because he was in a contract year. He was about to get paid, potentially. You know, given the running back landscape, you know, who knows? If he had a big year this year, though, he would have at least got a franchise tag. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. So. This is a really, really shitty situation.
0: It sucks. And you mentioned that his snaps were so high, he was actually getting that workhorse role. And it was amazing because we were really high. We saw this coming. You specifically. You've been the big J.K. Dobbins guy. You saw this coming. And it looked like he was going to be the next Josh Jacobs. But he had that 80% snap rate, the highest ever with the Ravens, pretty much, in his career. And his previous high was 66% in a game. That was just the first half. Like, it was just terrible to see him go down when i saw the injury at first i didn't think it looked that bad now i'm not a doctor <laughs> you know he came Same off here. the field yeah he, he came off the field i think it was under his own power too so yeah. it's like i didn't think there was a whole lot going on there. It's like oh maybe he tweaked something you know it wouldn't be major but the fact that it's acl like you mentioned this isn't just him getting injured like there are injury prone players out there 100 but this isn't that kind of thing because these are all major injuries that he's getting so yeah man this is like going to be the last we talk about jk ovens unfortunately i think here except for going back and saying like what if he's going to be one of the biggest what ifs you know pretty much i think in the nfl you know over the past few years you talk about injuries taking away some talent he was an excellent excellent runner he is still an excellent excellent runner but um just sucks of course too like the Ravens decide as soon as J.K. Dobbins gets out that they have to just pound the rock at the goal line with one running back, like <laughs> two tu- two touchdowns for Justice Hill. That's got to be infuriating. Well, uh, this too. was going
1: to be a three touchdown game for J.K. Dobbins, right? Like it was, exactly. that's what it was going to turn into. Um, and, and I'm, you know, Justice Hill got those those touches, and I'm personally aiming for Justice Hill if I'm choosing between him or Gus Edwards. Like I think this is a situation where a lot of people will, in number one, aim for Edwards. And number two, it'll be easier and cheaper to get Hill. Um, Hill was the preferred back all of camp. He was a standout running back throughout camp while Dobbins was out for a lot of it. And in this offense, you have to be versatile. It's a different offense than Greg Roman's offense, okay? And Hill is versatile, okay? And that's why he got those touches when he did. Dobbins can still, you know, I think Edwards can still close out games. Um, But Hill was the one getting those goal line carries. He got the touchdowns. Like I said, it would have been a three touchdown game for J.K. Dobbins, but I I think Hill can continue on that momentum that he had in training camp. Now, can the Ravens bring in someone like Kareem Hunt? Maybe. Justina Anderson said that they're going to activate Melvin Gordon, but I think they like Hill enough for him to be the 1A in this backfield. Um, You know, he's, for me, he's one of the top waiver wire ads this week. You know tomorrow's our waiver wire show we'll prioritize all of these waiver wire guys we're going to talk about a lot of them today but we'll prioritize them for you for tomorrow's episode so make sure you tune in for that okay
0: yeah um justice hill I, just one more thing on him i think yeah. he's going to get a crack it's not just going to be i think so like one week and if he has a bad week they add somebody he's going to have two or three weeks i think i think before so. they start to say all right maybe we need to bring somebody in but if he plays well then good for them you know it was actually a Oddly uncharacteristic day from the Ravens. You know, the offense didn't look as explosive as I wanted it to against the Texans. Like, there definitely could have been more points on the board. Yep.
1: 100%. 100%. And, you know, and we'll talk about it. And, you know, Zay Flowers, 10 targets. Yeah. The number one target for Lamar Jackson, 48% target share. Okay. Like, he's a legit wide receiver three next week with room for upside. You know, Rashad Bateman. You know, he only went three for 35 yards, but he only ran 17 routes compared to Flowers, 28 OBJs, 30 Uh, OBJ went two for three uh, for 37 yards. But it seems like they're, they're bringing Rashad Bateman on slowly, you know, because of that, that foot injury. That's what it seems like to me. Um. Isaiah Likely, probably the, the biggest disappointment, you know, getting only one target in this game. He ran around yeah. on 77% of dropbacks, uh, which is what you want. Um, you know, Lamar was just looking at Zay all day long, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, I ranked Isaiah Likely with this news of Mark Angels going down. i ranked him as a top five, 10 in this week. That didn't work out at all. Yep. Well, Why did that happen? Probably because, you know, there was he had better target competition this time around. That's probably what, what happened where Zay Flowers was just better target competition than likely had when he had those better games before. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy
0: price, price line. Right. Yeah. Now, um, if you remember, I think it was last year where Mark Andrews was out and Isaiah likely went in. His first target was a touchdown and they didn't do anything after that. You know, so it's like we know the talents there, but here I do agree that the target competition is much better. And the Ravens wide receivers played out pretty much exactly how we had been talking about it. So it's always good seeing that happen. You know, when we called it Zay flowers easily, I think the most talented receiver here in the receiver room, I know you're a big, you're a big Rashad Bateman guy, but I think Zay flowers is just on a separate level when it comes to his athleticism, what he can do. He's more shifty after the catch. And you saw that on the first, I think it was first or second reception where it was a a screen. And that had to have been like three missed tackles for us on that one right there. It was awesome. And, Zay Flowers, he's pretty much taking this golden opportunity that's been put in front of him with Rashad Bateman coming on slowly, which makes sense. We said that would be happening. And Odell Beckham, he's just you know, one of those guys on the side. He's a spot contributor at this point. He's a good veteran, good receiver, but he's not going to be shouldering a full workload. This is kind of how I envision it happening moving forward. Although I think Rashad Bateman, I don't know if we're going to be seeing 10 targets and then everybody else has less. Once Mark Andrews comes in, I think six or seven targets might be more in the realm of what we see on a weekly basis for Zay Flowers, but it's still going to be higher than Odell Beckham Jr. 100%. And even later into the season, we might see that even out between Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman. But as things stand right now, Zay Flowers is your starter. Rashad Bateman, I don't want to start him just yet, just because of what we've seen here. Mark Andrews is going to be back presumably next week, so I think he's going to still hover around a low target share, low snap share. But if he gets healthy... Then we can have that conversation. I think that could be a couple weeks down the road. So right now, yeah, I think starters, at, some point,
1: at some point he's yeah. going to probably start and play over OBJ, but that's yeah. not happening yet. And once that happens, then we can have that conversation because as of right now, Rashad Bateman, he should still be rostered. Don't drop Rashad Bateman. He's a bench dash for a few weeks. That, that's yeah. kind of how I see it until his snaps 100%. go back on.
0: There was nothing that was discouraging from what we saw from Rashad Bateman.
1: Yeah, you know, and this offense is going to get better too. I think once they have yep. Mark Andrews in there, it'll be a much better. I mean, the, the rain didn't help either. It, it was it was a little bit of a sloppy game for sure. Yeah, um, there were three running backs involved in the Texans' backfield. Not good for Damian Pierce, man. Gross. He was the, he was the primary early down guy, but less than fifty percent of snaps. Mike Boone was coming in, taking most of the passing work, most of the two minute snaps. Devin Singletary. He also came in you know he was stealing some random work here and there if this isn't going to be a good offense like we can't have Pierce being one of three running backs in the field like he definitely gets downgraded for me like I I, I wasn't super in on him and then I got in on him after watching preseason and then now we're looking at a different type of situation here for Damian Pierce the offense didn't look great I mean th- this is their first game together you know rookie quarterback things are going to get better here but I, I would like to see Pierce in a little bit of a better role more of a workhorse role here than you know what we saw yesterday what we saw today
0: right and the reason you were in on Damian Pierce was potential receiving work and Mike Boone just came in from the top rope and said no like yeah I don't like that at all like this wasn't even I think on the radar like were you considering Mike Boone in this backfield Devin Singletary not is at the all guy. because yeah because Devin Singletary he had that you know, production, he was running a bunch of routes up in Buffalo. He wasn't necessarily targeting a bunch, but we thought if anybody was going to be taking targets, it was going to be Devin Singletary. But now Mike Boone, suddenly he's got the receiving role. If that continues, Damian Pierce, is he in danger of being an RB3? <laughs> because this offense is not that good. And I don't think it's going to be that good this season. Like, it can take strides forward if anything happens with that. That's going to be probably in the passing game, which – they threw a lot of passes, but Damien Pierce, it, it's, the workload wasn't there. You talk about the usage, the production that he had, not very good. And it was all just distributed pretty much. It looked like 60-30-10 you know, in terms of the value of yeah. the work that you're getting. And that's not going to be enough for Damien Pierce, especially where he's being drafted. Not that he was being drafted too high, but you definitely yeah, don't I, want to see I,
1: I it. Was, I wish it was 60-30-10 is worse it was worse than that so it's like i don't even want you know this needs to get better period but damien pierce definitely gets a downgrade for sure um nico collins and robert woods got most of the targets for the texans collins with 11 woods with 10 uh collins being targeted down the field more he went six for 80 26 target share that's what you want to see now if you have collins there's a chance that he can be a wide receiver three this year there's a chance for that. Okay. There's a bit of a wire receiver rotation here. Like these guys are, aren't running at 90% rapid participation. Um, but the guy who is Dalton Schultz, 91% rapid participation, yeah. only four targets, two catches for four yards. So severely underperformed. But if he gets dropped this week by whoever has him scoop him up, okay, I would scoop him up. Okay. Throw him on, i throw him on your bench because the targets can catch up to him here. 91% rapid participation is elite for tight ends. Um, You know, those four targets that he got in this game, like that could turn into seven. It could turn, you know, five for, you know, 45 and a touchdown, right? Like that's what it could turn into. So he can be a tight end one still. Um, I wouldn't be too caught up on the stat line here, but like the underlying usage is way, way better than what the stat line looks like.
0: Yeah, 100. That was one of the things I keyed on, keyed in on when I was, you know, doing my review of this game. I was like, all right, where is Mister Vanilla Ice Cream? Like I called him, you know, this past <laughs> offseason. I was like, where is he? And you can, you didn't have to look very far. Not only was he Vanilla Ice Cream, he wasn't ice cream at all. Like there was nothing there with his production. I was like, okay, what's wrong here? Because we did see in the preseason some concerning snaps, you know, that he was playing where other players, Tegan Quatoriano, whatever his name is, I think that's how you pronounce it. He was getting some snaps in there. This is what you want to see, even though, like, this is the best case scenario given the production that he had because he was on the field. He ran the most routes of any Texas player, which was encouraging, and the targets yeah. weren't there. That's one thing, but th- we always talk about, like you said, the regression to the mean with the routes run and the targets. Dalton Schultz, he still has low tight end one quality. I'm not counting on him having as high a ceiling as I thought he might have in this offense, but he can still be a solid, you know. Relief tight end, especially in a week where a lot of the top tight ends were out and could still be out, you know, for a week or two. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.